Due to microphone and tone issues, I have to do the introduction again. So Dr. Asif Munav, he's a doctor and founder of the website AM Wellness. Um, he talks about mindset and masculinity and so on. You can go um, to his page and see what he offers. I really enjoyed this episode and um, yeah, I hope you'll listen to it. So I'm going to um, start with you with the first question. How was your childhood? Childhood was uh, very unusual compared to what, what people go through now. It was a mixture of playing outside, lots of siblings. You know, th there were six of us. I was the eldest, um, lots of cousins, mm -hmm. about 25, 30 cousins, no social media, no Netflix. It was all playing outside, lots of fights, lots of bruises bruises everywhere on my face and elbows knees just playing climbing trees playing football fighting all these kind of things so m my childhood is very typical of growing up in the 90s and 2000s but very unusual to what it is now i've got two young boys and their childhood is very different you know it's very much indoors lots lots more cars now and lots more in tablets and social media and all these things so back in the 90s that wasn't the case did you have a good relationship with your siblings? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the eldest of six and uh, still very close. I think speaking about social media, that certainly facilitated being in contact. So we, we know we've got a family group. We've got each of us WhatsApp numbers. We speak almost daily. Um, so yeah, good relationship. I think it's very important now. If, you, if your parents didn't have a good relationship with their siblings, it's important for you to break that generational curse and actually impart good teachings to your siblings and then hopefully the next generation after that i.e your children will be even better and i think a lot of people grow up in a generational trauma cycles where their parents may not have necessarily have spoken to their siblings so they continue it but it's important to break that so yeah me and my siblings are very close um you know we travel together we um go out together and it's important to have brothers who were friends and friends who were like brothers. And I think that's very important to cultivate that level of friendship amongst blood brothers. How was your relationship with your parents? Uh, it was good. My father was in Pakistan. I didn't really spend much time with him, but my mother was busy being a house mother. So it was, I would say, um, reasonable, you know, good relationship. It wasn't, exceptional like i try to do that with my children I try to be conscious parent read about parenting read about psychology read about emotional regulation that wasn't the case with my parents you know i think lack of mm -hmm. education perhaps because resources weren't available then you just got on with having kids and raising kids but now there's so much resources on youtube and there's netflix there's documentaries and books you can read about conscious parenting and i think i'm very much a believer in that being a conscious parent how's your relationship with your with money in general uh, money is a good one. I think money is very much psychological more than it is physical. And you've been to dental school, I've been to medical school, they don't really teach you about financial literacy. I think dentists tend to be a bit more lit literate because, you know, you guys go into private practice, even in the UK. So a lot of my dentist friends um, are more entrepreneurial uh, because they have to go into private work, whereas doctors, we are expected and trained to work in the NHS. Therefore, we just earn money as in a paycheck rather than have our own business or partnership. 
So most doctors I know aren't very financially literate, but I've made it on myself to learn about money, how money is made, how money is taken, how money is transferred, uh, value creation, assets, liabilities. Um, so yeah, in the last kind of three to five years since COVID really, I've, I've spent a lot of time learning about money, alternative currencies like cryptocurrency. I've learned about gold, gas, uh, you know, diamonds, platinum, iron exchange, etc. all the kind of things where you can store your money. I've learned about money as a means and a vehicle and an instrument for freedom rather than money being the end. And I've learned about how money can really free you up in terms of what you can do and the concept of leverage. So yeah, I've learned a lot about money in the last three to five years, but it's, it's unfortunate that medical school doesn't really teach you, or, you know, university generally doesn't teach you about, you just, you just expected to, uh, work and retire and die <laughs> not really expected to become financially literate or become independent or become uh entrepreneur uh so uh yeah money is something you have to learn yourself yes self-tutoring is very important mm. um there are always uh, these uh, this is not one of the questions i wrote um but there's uh, every human being ha has its own standards or standards to live and um i just listened to someone and um he said my three standards in life are health relationships and finance and i think mm -hmm. these three most of uh, these three fields are really important so what do you think what are your standards yeah i i absolutely believe in that health relationships and finances i say health equals happiness um but what is health you know to be healthy completely you got to be physically healthy mentally healthy, spiritually healthy, socially healthy, psychologically healthy, and financially healthy. You've got to be all six. So that's health. Health is it. health is happiness. And, you know, we chase happiness, but we should be chasing health, really, because uh, you, you, you can't really be happy without being healthy. But health is not just numbers. You're a dentist, I'm a doctor. You know, we look at dental hygiene, physical hygiene, physical health, but actually health for me is all-encompassing. And it includes finances as well. So you've got to be financially healthy. You've got to have a healthy wallet and healthy waste. I'm, I'm a big believer in that. Healthy wallet, healthy waste. A lot of guys have a big waistline, but a very thin wallet and vice versa. For me, you've got to have a thin waistline and a big wallet. You know, you've got to be financially lit financially literate because that's one of the biggest things causing anxiety and depression is uh, debt. You know, debt causes anxiety, causes depression, causes lots of, lots of mental angst, causes poverty. Poverty then causes deficiencies. You know, so, you know, we know people who are poorer tend to eat worse. There's much higher rates of diabetes and, and obesity and micronutrient deficiencies in people who eat less well. So I'm a big believer in health as an all-encompassing um, concept, you know, real, uh, real health essentially being uh, the six aspects. Six aspects. So health, relationships, and finance for you too. So the same thing. So you yeah. said, said finance is related to health, actually. Yeah, exactly. So finance, financial health is a pillar of health. Mm. So health has to be financially healthy, physically healthy, socially healthy. And again, relationships goes back into the um, social health. You know, if you've got relationships with a partner, wife, etc., or children or parents or neighbors or siblings, like you mentioned earlier in your first question, that social for me that is social health and that social health feeds in to your um mental um, mental health 
and uh, you know your psychological health as well so that's you know important part and underpinning all this is spiritual health you know in the west i tweeted earlier today we have what we want we have all what we want in fact but we don't have what we need and what we need is a real good spiritual grounding having that moral compass having that big why Simon Sinek talks about why, what is your why, you know, the capital W, why do you live, what's your legacy, what's your objective? And we often say, what is the purpose and meaning of life? They're actually two separate things. The purpose of life, uh, the meaning of life is um, to find what you are good at. For you, it's dentistry, for me, it's, you know, medicine and coaching. Find what you're good at, find your calling find your gift, unfair advantage. You had Hassan on, you know, recently, Hassan, you know, unfair advantage. What is your unfair advantage? Find that. Once you've got the unfair advantage, that's the meaning of life. And the purpose of life is to give it away, to use it, to leverage that unfair advantage, to help humanity at large. So there are two different things, purpose and meaning. People often don't even have any of them. So to have a big why, you've got to have both purpose and meaning. You've got to self-reflect. You've got to have some deep introspection, some critical reflection time internally and say, what is my, what is my why? And the why is, like I said, two, your meaning and your purpose in life. That was good. <laughs> Our next question, what are you afraid of? Uh, okay, what am I afraid of? Good question. I'm actually afraid of living a life which isn't 100% fulfilled or in terms of my actual potential. I, I, I'm afraid of a unactualized life. I'm not afraid of death, poverty, or any of that. I'm not afraid of, you know, I've seen death on, a, on almost on, on a daily basis. I'm not afraid of death or anything like that. I'm not even afraid of God's punishment because I believe in his mercy. You know, like I, I believe in Raham, mercy. I believe in that. Um, I try my best to live a wholesome life. I have enough faith in God uh, about, you know, the fire of hell and punishments, etc., to be on the right side of his mercy rather than on his wrath. But I do fear dis disappointing him. Uh, you know, I fear that. Oh, on the day of judgment when you meet God and meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you come as actually not being self-actualized. He gave you unfair advantage in life. And you didn't use it. That's what I'm scared of. Mm. Disappointment. You know, in Arabic with a uh, you know, like we are being, um, you know, like for the Sahaba, we say, Radhi Allah, Radhi Allah anha, Radhi Allah anhum. May Allah be pleased with them. So I'm scared of Allah not being pleased with me. And that is actually a, a unfulfilled life. You know, your life is not fulfilled in terms of what you could have done and what you did mm. do. If you look at all the great writers, Imam Ghazali, etc., they lived to 50. They didn't live very long lives. Yes, that's what, true. what they did in that short period of time, some of them were in prison for many, many years. What they did in them short, even Ibn Taymiyyah, they, they were all imprisoned. But what they did in, them, in that short life was something we can't even do in hundreds of years. So I believe in maximizing your time, the concept of baraka, exponential, you know, return on investment with your time. 
And that's how you live a fulfilled life. That's how you live an actualized life. If you look at Maslow's hierarchy, you know, the pyramid, you've got the basic needs at the bottom. Food, water, drink, shelter, love, companionship, etc. At the top of the hierarchy is self-actualization. You know, and that's the that's the apex of the human uh, condition. That's the apex, self-actualization. And actually not reaching that self-actualization is what I'm scared of. Living your life on your deathbed and not actually hitting that apex. If you were not afraid of anything, what would you do? Not afraid of anything anyway. So you do everything you want to do or you need to do. Yeah, exactly. I don't believe in fear, so I do the same things anyway. Um, I think, you know, you know, the biggest fear is people have fear of failure. And because you have a fear of failure, you never try. Mm. So, and how to, how to combat the fear of failure is to repeatedly fail, repeatedly fail. Then, then you know, you're not, it's like a, a zookeeper. He's not scared of the lion anymore. He's repeatedly fed the lion. Mm. The famous fear of failure. I think that's the biggest failure people have in life is a fear of failure. Even probably more than death is a fear of failure. Mm. But also people have a fear of public speaking as well. That's actually a really, really big fear. Um, and how do, you, how do you dissipate or mitigate the fear? It's actually by doing something constantly and continuously by keep doing it you desensitize yourself to that process you neurally rewire you get neural rewiring the neuroplasticity the brain is, is glial matter the brain is very plastic and very flaccid so by, by continuously doing something you are rewiring your neurocircuitry and therefore fear gets completely eliminated so the best way to you know for any listeners out there the best way to quash any fear is to keep doing something mm -hmm. um you know so a certain amount of fear is fine like that's that, that kind of gives you performance anxiety and i think that's fine in a certain level if you're completely nonchalant and not nervous you won't perform properly but having a certain amount of fear i think that is necessary it's just not having it excess where it gets to become a phobia mm -hmm. or it gets you know you start freezing you've heard of the four responses haven't you fight flight freeze and fawn people freeze often that's excessive dorsal ventral um uh, activation so some vagal nerves uh, activation is fine you know we want to breathe properly we want to rest properly that's the vagus nerve the parasympathetic nervous system but excessive activation of that causes you to freeze you don't want that and you know people often stop breathing and dysfunctional breathing etc you, you know as a dentist bad breathing causes bad teeth you know the whole mouth breathing you know overlaps of the incisors and you know a very good book by matthew walker called breath where he mm -hmm. talks about breathing, how our jaw sizes have got smaller we're getting mm -hmm. macrogonathia retrogonathia and we're getting canines and incisors overlapping now because of we're, we're breathing improperly we're breathing too fast <laughs> and we're breathing through our mouths so i believe in so you know vagal nerve activation uh, whereby you breathe properly but not the excessive vagal nerve activation whereby you freeze. 
So life's all about balance. And, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Mizan, the Mizan is a perfect balance. Not excess and not deficient, but perfectly balanced. I think this is really hard to fall out to, um, to have in life, um, mm -hmm. the balance. I think most of the, most, most of the people do suffer from not having a balance in life. Um, yeah. sixth question, if money is guaranteed for life for you and your family and your generation after you, but the condition is you have to choose a job, what would it be? Any job, any job. A podcast host, so I can speak to everyone. Really? You know, I, I enjoy communicating, yeah. I enjoy speaking. I enjoy interacting, learning about people. I enjoy sharing thoughts, ideas. I enjoy sharing experiences. So but you do be, it. But you do it on your Instagram page. You do talk. Yeah, no, I do it. Well. Exactly. So, exactly. So, this is, I'll, I'll, I'll continue doing that. I'll just sit here, speak to people. Drink coffee or whatever you're drinking like you. Just that would be a good life if water. I could do that. <laughs> Great. Um, Dr. Aslav in one word. Good question. You know, you sent me these questions before, but I, I, I don't like to prepare answers. I like to be spontaneous. One word. Well, I did with purpose a bit. Like if someone prepares for these questions, um, I think it's better to, to, to ask them spontaneously. Exactly, exactly. So I read it, but I didn't really think about the answer. So, um, in one word, Muslim. What's the best moment in your life? When my son was born, my, my eldest son, in 2018. The reason why I say that is because that's the first time I became a father. Uh, yeah, so that was the best moment in my life. Second best moment was probably 2012 when I graduated and became a doctor. <laughs> so yeah, two. Uh, it's the yeah. same answer from um, Hamid Lambert. He said um, the, the birth of my daughter. Um, yeah. Interesting. Um, any regrets? Mm. Not starting earlier. I think, you know, if you've got a dream and passion, start early. And uh, do not, people don't care. People like Ali Abdal, you know Ali Abdal? Mm. He's also a, a you know, doctor in the UK doing YouTube. He says, people don't actually care about your failure and success. Stop thinking there's a spotlight on you. Just, you know, stop yeah. being, stop being hypersensitive to other people's perceptions of you because they're in their own world. They don't really care, good or bad. They don't really care. Just do your own thing and don't have the fear of failure. Don't have the fear, fear of spotlight and just do things. Even if people laugh at you, they're going to laugh at you for one day. The next day, they laugh at someone else. And the people laughing at you are those who are always below you in terms of ambition and hunger. So just do it anyway. You know, do it hungry, do it tired, do it whatever, any experience. Learn on the job. And I always say, fail forward. You know, that's the, that's the way you get forward is by failing continuously forward. So start early because by starting early, you've had more opportunity to fail. And iterations, you know, there's a book called The Lean Startup by Eric Rise. talks about how many successful companies start. They start by failing many, many times beforehand. But you don't see the failures. You only see the end product. But the, the earlier you start, the quicker you can fail, the more you can fail, and the quicker you can succeed.
the quicker you can succeed. Yeah. I know. I think it depends on the maturity of the person itself. Yeah. It's not always oh, exactly. Quicker. You have to have a growth mindset. Mm. You have to have a growth mindset. That's very, Carol Dweck talks, talks about the growth mindset. Mm. The growth mindset is one that doesn't see failure as a hindrance. It sees failure as a necessary step on the way towards success. Mm. Got to fail forward, but you have to have that mindset initially. The mindset is failure is absolutely necessary. In fact, there's no success without failure. So embrace the failure as something which is not what you want, but something what you need. So how can someone know uh, or knows the fuel of life? I know my unfair advantage, um, other people too, but there has to be some like a fuel to, um, to, to put them in motivation to do this work. Like, what's your fuel? Like, I know I didn't write these questions, but you, you do talk good and interesting. Like, um, how can I find my fuel? Sometimes I'm not motivated to do anything. And, but as soon as I'm working, I can't do anything else. What's your unfair advantage? My unfair advantage is, um, I do talk to a lot of people and I'm traveling a lot. Okay. Unfair advantage. I said one thing. What's your unfair advantage? I, I do, yeah, I do have a lot of advantages. Like every human being has, they have a lot of unfair advantages. Not, not one. Mm -hmm. Good answer. I like that. I like that. I think your unfair advantage is probably intelligence. You know, you're a dentist, so you are top 1% IQ. And, and intelligence means the way you speak to people as well. You know, you, you, you're a good communicator. And um, so how do you have the fuel? Is that the question? Yes. I, sometimes I don't, I don't know my fuel. Although I just, I know these are my unfair advantages. And my mom used to um, tell me, you have these things and um, use it for God do everything mm -hmm. like as a service. And then I was even asking myself today, what's my fuel actually? Mm -hmm. Like, I know I'm, I went to get a lost reward and go to Jannah inshallah, but inshallah. there is something, um, I don't know, like even like, uh, Hassan Kuba told me there are people who have 1 million and, um, after getting 1 million, they stop working, but there are people who work and work and continue working, but I don't know what, what, what is their fuel? To, to continue to work. Okay, I'll tell you what their fuel is. Their fuel is a journey, not the destination. Mm. So when you become destination focused, you run out of fuel because you reach the destination. But when you are journey focused, you never run out of fuel. You keep topping up, topping up, topping up because the journey never ends. Do you understand? So the fuel is the process. Enjoy the process. Trust the process. And... One of my friends told me, he says, the steps of a righteous man are always ordained by God. So every step, this applies to women as well, obviously, but it's just a saying, uh, every step of a righteous man is ordained by God. You know, we say in Arabic, taqdir. It's every step. So when you have this in the back of your mind and in the front of your mind, in fact, you never you know, run out of fuel. Because you're like, every step I'm taking, every day, it's an act of worship. How can I serve Allah's creation today? 
Mm. How can I get closer to that self-actualization? And it's the whole thing about zooming out of your life and seeing your life from the perspective of your, of your tombstone. What do I want written on that tombstone? What do I want people to think when they visit my grave and see my tombstone? How was she? What kind of person was she? What legacy did she leave behind? So once you have that uh, kind of, you know, greater perspective on life, that bird's eye perspective of life, when you zoom out and see your whole lifespan, so you look at life across the X and Y axes as the whole hor time horizon of life shifts, meta kind of, you know, look at it from a, you know, macro lens instead of a micro lens and see, you know, did you make the most of your life? You can't answer that question now because we're very much in the present. Mm. But if you zoom out and look at all your life as being from cradle to the grave, as having elapsed, what do you want written on your, on your tombstone? And you never want to leave anything on the table. You know, they say die poor. Die poor meaning all your ideas and, you know, all your thoughts, conversations, your charity, your knowledge, your service is all left in the world. You do as much as you can. You die poor. There's nothing to give anymore. Mm. You literally die depleted. Everything you had in your mind, everything you had in your heart was given away before you departed. Mm. They say the graveyards are the richest places because people leave so many things in their mind and their heart without saying them or doing them and they enter the graveyard. So the graveyards are very, very rich places, but you don't want the graveyard to be rich. You want the graveyard to be a poor place. Everyone's given everything and left it on the ground not left it in the ground. Last and question. Also, and also, like, you know, the, 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 we talk about unfair advantage, what's happening in, in, in Gaza at the moment. Mm. I just want to try and make it easy for them. But you see how lucky we are. That's unfair advantage. We're living in a hot, you know, we're living in with heating and lighting and shelter. Alhamdulillah. That's one unfair advantage. But also, these geopolitical conflicts particularly in the case of genocide should laser sharpen our perspective on life and death life is short very 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 short and why would you want to waste it once you understand life is short you have no days off mm. you literally have no days off every day is a working day saturday sunday working day no days off it's either work or ibadah work or ibadah that's it you know and you'll never be out of shape because you were like, it's disrespectful to be out of shape, physically out of shape. It's disrespectful, it, it, disrespectful to be spiritually out of shape, to be mentally out of shape, to be psychologically out of shape. It's disrespectful to my own creator. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, We created the man in the best of shape, best of form. So why are you out of shape? Why are you being lazy why are you having days off and why are you doing this you know life is way too short man like you're in your 20s i'm in my 30s we don't know oh, this could be we could be hopping through our life we could be a quarter of the way through our lives we could be you know near the end of our lives it's the same as a phone battery when it's 20 percent left you plug in to charge but how about our own life you know we don't know how much you got left but we never mm -hmm. plug it into. And what is that charge? The charge is the connection to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. That is the source, isn't it? That's the battery. We never connect it. We like, yeah, we'll pray when we're older, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But pray now, like th that's the biggest lesson I can tell anyone. 
do every single thing now because honestly, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. I, even today, in she- I'm from Sheffield. I don't know if you remember, there was a famous boxer in Sheffield, Nassim Hamid. He was back in the 90s. But his brother, he passed away this week. Young guy, he's the same age as me. And you just never know, but, you know, his, his janazah was today. His funeral funeral was today. You just never know about life. You could be in your 20s, 30s, you could be a child. You just don't know, don't know about life. So why are you wasting and procrastinating and deferring and delaying your best self for tomorrow? Tomorrow's not guaranteed. Mm. Last question. Uh, why are you you? Who is Dr. Asif Munaf? Like all these things you said about your past and about your motivation and everything. Um, why did you choose this path? Um, everything has a consequence and we all have our traumas. And um, I chose dentistry and I even wanted to study medicine above dentistry to continue um, studying because my sister died due to medical error here in Germany. Um, so um, like everything has a consequence. So what led you to, to this, to this path in general? It's a good question, but I don't think you choose the path. I think the path chooses you. I'm a big believer in that. I don't think you choose the path. Mm. The path chooses you. Interesting. Um, yeah, I'm a big believer in that. Um, But generally, I like speaking to people. I'm very curious. I love the human body. I love the human body. And um, medicine combines the love of the human body, love of science, love of, love of academia. With I actually did consider doing dentistry as well. So I thought, you know what? I'll be richer. I'll have a better smile. I, you know, it's so many positives of uh, being a dentist. Mm-hmm. But then, I enjoy speaking to people like on a very intimate level about their life and death situations. That's why I chose medicine. Although dentistry was very appealing to me. I was very close to, you know, doing dentistry, very close. But I just like the fact that as a doctor, you speak about life and death. You speak about mm. the whole range of human conditions, mm. anxiety, so many things, grief, so many things you talk about to your patients. So I enjoyed that aspect of medicine. Um, so yeah, combining a love of the human condition with a love of the human body, I think medicine is a perfect balance of that. And you get to speak to some interesting people. I've spoken to people who have had interesting lives as my patients, and I've learned a hell of a lot. I think the best education is actually speaking to people, um, you know, beyond books. So um, I believe I was chosen to do medicine. I don't think medicine, uh, you know, I, I don't think I chose medicine. I think medicine chooses you. It chooses the people like, you know, mm. are suit that role. And it helped me with my coaching. So ability to speak to people, ability to build rapport. Interesting. It's helped me with my coaching. Mm. All right. I don't have, I have a lot of questions, but I'm going to stop. Um, thank you so much. I thank you for your time. Um, thank you. I'm going to end this podcast before we end. Do you have anything else to say? If not, then we're going to end, inshallah. No, no, thank you. Been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Continue the good work. And uh, yeah, if you, you know, want any advice or anything like that, let me know, inshallah. And good luck with your podcast journey. It's a good thing to document your journey. Speak to different people. 
and um, you know inspire other people as well inshallah actually tomorrow i've got a dentist on my podcast as well i've I got a podcast i run really yeah doctor it's called dr asif as well dr asif dentist <laughs> it's on your page on your instagram page he's on my instagram page yeah, yeah dr asif dentist yeah maybe you can have him on he's a good guy i didn't see doctor. it yeah, no, no, no. Um, no, my podcast is not on my page. It's on my uh, actually yeah, on my YouTube. So there's a link on my bio. Okay, I'm going to research it. Yeah, that's my yeah. podcast. But yeah, I've got Doctor Asif on tomorrow. He's a dentist. He's, he's a TikTok dentist. What's his name? Doctor Asif. Uh, same same name as you. Yeah. Okay, so he's related to you. No, 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 no. He's just a friend. Okay. All right. But, okay. Okay, he, he's a good guy. He's, inshallah, tomorrow coming to, to do a podcast with me. But he'll be a good guy to have on your show. Inshallah. Okay. Inshallah. Great. Good Thank you so much. Pleasure. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam.